Welcome to Heart Warriors Radio with Mr. Jeff Casper, Miss Yona Brindis, and me, Ryan McCormick. All here to help you on the path of evolutionary goals, have fun, grow, and uh, explore some new insights. So, welcoming to their very own show as always, it's Miss Yona Brindis and Mr. Jeff Casper. Welcome you guys. Always a pleasure to have you with us on your yes, show. Thank you. Definitely. Welcome. Welcome. Everybody. Mr. Uh, Jeff and Ms. Yoda by going to the website at transcodes.com. And for me, you can learn more about me by going to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. So, Ms. Yoda, Brindis, Mr. Jeff Casper, focus today is on the 80-20 rule. Can you please explain what the 80-20 rule is and does it have anything to do with the amount of cheeseburgers you should be having in comparison to the <laughs> amount of fruit you should be having? Is that what it is? We talk is today is it the spiritual cheeseburgers? What are we talking about? <laughs> okay, let's call it we spiritual. Could, we could go there. We could go there. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> the eighty twenty rule is uh, something that uh, most people may be familiar with in, in in other areas like physical exercise or whatever. But we are actually applying this to the spiritual journey. We're applying this to um, uh, the awakening process or uh, the uh, evolutionary. Um, uh, consciousness development, as you called it earlier, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very important to understand the intricacies of uh, wanting to be enlightened. And I'm, I'm using this word here on purpose because it is something that has been propagated as sort of the the, the goal, all right, the goal to to uh, uh, of of spirit of the spiritual journey of the awakening process. And the approach that we are suggesting to people is that if they are uh, approaching it with a sense of perfectionism, with the sense of uh, having to reach a certain goal and perform in a certain way, they will not reach it. And one of the things that we um, suggest to people is the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. As a rule of striving for the highest or the best they can be, but allowing themselves a part that um, uh, uh, still sort of allows them uh, to not go into deprivation or to not go into perfectionism. Mm-hmm. In other words, you know, if you want to have a healthy diet, then go for it and educate yourself. But if you are really, really hooked to cheeseburgers, you know, then give yourself the right mm-hmm. to have a cheeseburger once in a while without beating yourself up. So the Eddie 20 rule is a bit of a um, and what seems like a compromise at first, uh, from an energetic point of view, um, is a healthy approach to everything in life, really, because it allows us to love all parts of us, even those that, uh, you know, those, uh, those uh, little cravings or whatever that we have that may make us feel like we're not good enough. Mm-hmm. I want to just ask you something. The 80-20 rule, talking about things, kind of seems that you're not pushing to be an angel all the time. However, if you look at some activities one can engage in, murder, uh, domestic abuse, just being vindictive, if you are any of those qualities 20% of the time, does not not completely supersede the 80% of the time that you're actually good. Um, So, I mean, how do you balance the 80-20 rules and apply that when you have desires 
and you wish to indulge in things that really do harm people in the long term, what is a proper way of facilitating uh, those desires? And do you have to express them in some capacity? Do you repress them, uh, you know, and, and knowing that, you know, you're going to harm someone? What would you say for something like that? How would you apply the 80-20 rule to people who have you know, destructive habits towards others? Well, you, well, that's a different story. I mean, obviously, if you're a murderer, if you let eight people pass and you kill two, that's not necessarily very healthy either. Um, it's more about seeing, you know, we're talking more about within your own scope. Now, if you have an issue where, let's say, you, you're, you're manipulative or you're a liar and you realize that, you know, you've got these problems within you, you know, cutting cold turkey is going to be a challenge because you may not realize how deep it goes. And I guess, you know, I mean, to, to take it to that extreme, that's a bit different. We're not Because usually people who are criminal or who are that... Um, psychologically disturbed aren't really going to follow any rule. They actually would probably use this. True people who have psychological, severe psychological damage would actually utilize this to be better victimizers. So <laughs> it doesn't really apply to them too well. But if you're dealing with someone like who, let's say, lies a lot and they realize how much damaging it is to their wife, to their spouse, to their husband, to their work people, to the people they work with, to their children, to realize and to forgive themselves, for one, for being human, and to move into a space where they begin to catch 60, 70, 80 percent. And over time, eventually, maybe get rid of it completely and realize how damaging it is. But at first, to give yourself a bit of a break, to accept that there's no way you can go from, you know, being complete fibber and lying majority of the time. If you're lying more than half the time, you've got lies about lies. So by learning how to break that down and to, to slowly remove it, but give yourself some slack for when it still happens because you quite haven't got it figured out yet. Yeah, so the point is not really um, uh, in the judgment of what it is that we're doing. It's right. more of how we're approaching it. And we're looking at it here from a perspective of someone who's awakening to right. a higher right. consciousness level, which means that these things like murdering, stealing, lying um, are not primary problems. They are, um, of course, you know, part of our sociological rules and and we all have this sort of built into our super ego okay mm -hmm. that we don't want to you know that we can't just kill someone if we don't like them or that we can't well, just it's built into our id it's there yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, we have that but we also have a, a sort of a part in us that understands these these social rules um social rules are there for a purpose mm -hmm. but they can also create a feeling of of um uh, judgment, self-criticism, and so forth, especially um, uh, religions uh, fall into this category that uh, bring in a, is a really strong judgmental aspect, which means we're dealing here with, with aspects that come in through the inner voice that somebody hears, okay? Not so much the outer, so let, let's, let's um, exclude the things that are l illegal, all right? <laughs> let's exclude those. Because uh, that's not they wouldn't be part, for this. that's not yeah. part of the, the spiritual journey, really. Uh, someone who is in, in this place of awakening realizes that there is more in the world than just sort of like say being a good citizen, you know, or or being a good um, a Christian. Uh, that there is more, and that this has nothing to do with external rules that this does not come from the outside it comes from the inside mm -hmm. and we call this uh, the integrity level in a person which means that when we begin to awaken to some of these questions such as uh, the meaning of my life the purpose of my life and 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 begin to seek um, uh, 
people or authors or teachers or groups that can help us and provide guidance for us. It is the the, the internal integrity level uh, that is uh, starting to change within us. And that is uh, guiding us in a way that comes from this heart place that we so often talk about rather than from an externalized mm-hmm. place of you're supposed to do this and you can't do this. So a very good example for this is is what is sort of nowadays considered to be spiritual. And there are some things that are coming in now into the mainstream, such as um, you have to do yoga, you have to be a vegetarian, you have to do this, you, you can't do this, and so forth, uh, that are emerging here within this uh, spiritual awakening scene that can confuse people a lot. And so when we talk about the 80-20 rule, we are helping a person um, uh, to rely on their inner integrity rather than going by outer rules. Mm-hmm. What is okay for you? Now, the aspect that you brought in, Ryan, of what, you know, what is destructive to others, I actually want to expand this um, by uh, adding what is destructive to myself. Mm-hmm. Those are things that are... That, that we begin to, to see, that we begin to connect with when we are on this uh, uh, journey of, of, of awakening. We're calling this awakening only because we don't want to bring in any type of specific teaching or religion or anything. Um, we're calling this awakening because it is a phenomenon that we are observing right now throughout all groups of population throughout all uh, different societies, people awakening to the deeper meaning of their existence. And so 80-20 really means learning how to rely on your inner truth detector and how to learn to implement this, as, as Jeff just said, bit by bit. Mm-hmm. So things maybe that I was able to do, you know, up until now or, or up until five years ago, so I, I I may find that I can't do them anymore because there's a part in me that is that is resisting this. Mm-hmm. Like we talked here before the show, what these things are for us. You know, Ryan, you mentioned uh, something about eating meat. It's the same yeah, for us. Couldn't do it. All of a sudden, I was, uh, I, was, you know, I was, you know, drinking cheeseburgers, and I was like, then, then when I was like, I can't do it anymore. No, I don't want to do it. And I just thought, same thing with came from cigarettes. I used to love smoking cigarettes. Wake up, you know, one or two packs a day. Loved it. Now I smell cigarette, and it's just re- repulsive. So it's a switch over. It's a, it's a change. It's a click. I don't know why. But I, and it's not, it, it can, it, this is, it's something that came from within, right? It's not somebody told you you have to quit smoking or you have to right. quit eating cheeseburgers so that no. you're a spiritual person. Of the animals, too. You see what the animals are going through. I was like, you know, I don't want no, no way, no. I don't want anyone to go through any kind of suffering. I don't want to be a part of any kind of suffering. And as far as the lungs go, I mean, stop smoking. You know, cigarettes are really bad for you. They, they, they how awful they were until I actually quit. And then you realize how many carcinogens are in there. So, it, you think about that. There are a lot of things that people do they probably don't even aware of. There could be things that they they ingest. It's not just the food. It's also the cleaning products too. That was another okay. major revelation that I had. Um, all these chemicals that are out there, they don't really protect the consumer. So you, you put these, you know, bleach and all this other stuff, and it could be causing long-term damage. So, 
Of course. In uh, this reality, for whatever it is, you have to be on the defensive. And all these things that are subject to change, I mean, maybe your habits are changing because your body's on a different trajectory. So who knows? Yeah, and well, your awareness is, you well, know. Well, and your conscious level also shifts. And when that happens, um, things just don't make sense anymore. As your conscious level shifts and it begins to vibrate faster, then all of a sudden you just realize, I don't need that. You know, and actually the interesting thing is there's a, there's been some subjective research that as your energy speeds faster, even if you would engage in certain things, whether it be cigarette smoking or using products that could damage your skin or whatever, they don't damage you as much. Now, they still can, but they don't damage you as much. So there is a protective property of um, energy work, consciousness. And disengaging from, from things that are um, damaging to yourself or right. others. Right. So... Uh, what we're getting at here is that there's a shift that takes place, mm-hmm. not only sort of in the mental realm, as in like what you believe in or, or what you strive for, but that there is a shift that takes place all the way down to the cellular level. And the, uh, the most, uh, probably the most common example for that is, is that people are now uh, uh, beginning to experience Things such as um, feeling really drained, feeling uh, really exhausted after having uh, engaged in certain activities, mm-hmm. such as like going to a mall. You know, maybe something that we thought when we were younger, we thought this was the coolest thing ever, mm-hmm. and now we go and we feel completely drained. This is not because we're getting older, it's because we are beginning to awaken yeah. and, uh, to our energies more, and we're beginning to, to see ourselves. In a way that that um, that we uh, become more sensitive to things that are not conducive for our energy, and with this is uh, something that, that we call integrity that grows in us. Mm-hmm. And people develop uh, certain virtues, uh, so virtue being more like a self-chosen rule rather than a rule that is coming from the outside that actually makes it impossible for people to engage in certain activities that are that are destructive energetically for themselves or others. But the, 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 the golden rule still remains, uh, and this is in energy coaching, uh, what I recommend people who ask me if this is okay or is this okay, I said, I can't tell you if this is okay for you. But here's one thing. If you don't want something to be done to yourself then don't do it to others. Mm-hmm. This is the golden rule. You know, and it's the same with, uh, 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 you can apply this to all levels, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Physically, obviously, you don't want to get punched in the face while walking somewhere, so you don't do this. But uh, there are other things on the physical level, such as nutrition, for instance. You don't want uh, to ingest or even support or enable certain industries that are doing this. This is what you mentioned earlier. Um, on an emotional level, you begin to feel when people are draining for you emotionally, you know, when people are just sort of venting their stuff and and pulling you into their dramas and you realize that this is not good for you. And as your your consciousness grows, you'll become aware that that all uh, you become aware of all these occasions where you actually do this to others. And you stop or start refraining from doing this. Mentally, it, it shows in, in uh, the beliefs that we have and the judgments that we have about certain things. And we, 
uh, may actually begin to realize how judgmental we are uh, in regards to other people or ourselves. And because we all know what it feels like to be judged or to feel judged by others, we start, you know, refraining from that and we may actually uh, end up uh, engaging less in, in all these polarized uh, political discussions, for instance, because we realize <laughs> that, uh, you know, every time we sort of dump our opinion on somebody or want to convince somebody of something, uh, that we are actually uh, uh, sort of doing something to them energetically that is not maybe uh, uh, conducive for them or for myself. So judgment is a big one for people on their spiritual journey because every time we judge someone else, our energy cannot really differentiate whether this is directed at someone else or something outside of us or whether it's directed internal. And so we are actually uh, promoting a self-judgment cycle there. And the 80-20 rule grips here in particular because a lot of people beat themselves up like crazy on this 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 journey of awakening because they begin to realize some of the things that they did in the past and they start to have regrets or they start to feel um, that maybe that wasn't all that okay, you know, and instead of going into a proactive state where they start, um, you know, like maybe undoing it or, uh, you know, starting... Uh, positive uh, projects, all right, and they beat themselves up and they fall back into these old ways. So 80-20 means allowing ourselves to, to cut some slack, okay, to cut ourselves some slack for being human and to not feel guilty about this to the degree of, of damning ourselves. Wow. You know, when it comes to the 80-20 rule, as far as progressive evolution goes, one of the things that kind of pops in my mind is this, is if you don't have any desire to have, uh, you know, to have people act and treat you with respect, what's the purpose of really seeking integrity? If you don't, if you don't wish to live an integrity life, what's the point of, you know, trying to be nice and compassionate? If you have no desire internally to, to show that kind of compassion towards other, I mean, because if theoretically speaking, possible that you could go about and have everything you want in life without even giving a damn about other people. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asking this is a total. I mean, not to uh, in a way because I mean, I guess people have different desires. So really, what is the benefit? What what is the the, the positives and uh, negatives of living a life of integrity? Well, I mean, if you, if a person's not integrous and they don't want to be integrous. They'd have no desire to go there. There'd be no want. There'd be no calling. Uh, that's not their path right now. So when a person has no integrity, um, or they're stuck in a low vibratory state, to to go into the concept of integrity or or, or willingness or heart-based stuff, that's horrifying or just not even something they'd even ever consider. So eighty twenty rule would just be out the window for them. That wouldn't make any sense. They'd probably want to go the other way. You know, the twenty eighty rule. You know, because that's that's where they're at. They don't. I mean, they do nice things only to get. You know, there's always a there's always a tie to everything they do, and yes, they can get all kinds of stuff in 3D, but what they're getting is 
is is satiation versus fulfillment. They're just fulfilling that cycle that they're in, whatever that cycle is of their ego, whether it be fear, guilt, shame, anger, you know, desire. But in the end, and there's nothing wrong with that. In the end, if if they all of a sudden have an awakening, which we're talking about, they realize that there there really is no fulfillment in that. It's just a getting. It's a cycle. So to them, if they're stuck in that and they're okay with it and their heads down on that, they're they're not going to want the eighty twenty rule at all. Yeah, so we're talking about two different levels. Yeah. Someone can be integrous according to their own virtues. You know, like say, if if you're a salesperson and your goal in life is to make as many sales as you can and you don't care about um, uh, uh, the people that you sell things to, you don't care about uh, 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 any of this, you just want to see the numbers, right? And this is kind of like the... the, the the business paradigm uh, that we had sort of in the last 50 years, you know, the outcroppings of, of capitalism, you know, to like really just go for maximum gain, maximum saturation, as Jeff just called it. Someone can be very integrous due to their own virtues there, you know, like there's people out there that can be very successful within that uh, measured by sort of societal standards. For a person like this, This talk that we're having here is total woo-woo because it's not part of his or her goal you setting. Person is not integrous. If yes. For a person yes. who is not in the, this uh, realm of of uh, uh, awakening to a deeper purpose, to fulfillment um, as goal, uh, as opposed to like maximum success. Uh, this is not a rule that applies. We're talking about people, these 15, 20% of our population that are beginning to wake up to um, a, a somewhat a deeper aspect of themselves. And, and in that situation, people who, if it was in a sales situation or business in general, um, and I've seen this, and I've, I've been in, I was in corporate America for a long time, you see people that shift, all of a sudden they realize they can't do what they used to do, they can't play people's emotions, they can't just do, say the right thing to get what they want, and later on, have, they just can't, all of a sudden something changes. Um, and typically what happens, they have to shift companies or whatever, um, but in the long run what happens is they usually become uh, healthier for themselves and actually their their business actually becomes healthier, whatever it be, if it's their salesperson or their owner themselves. Because what happens, like you said, there's this awakening that happens. Something triggers them. Whatever it is, maybe they, they did one too many times where they really hurt a customer just to get what they wanted, and all of a sudden that that begins to make them feel some form of remorse. Or some kind of crisis. Right. And, you know, right. like a divorce or a near-death experience. Something, or they have a child. Or, yeah, or some kind of diagnosis. Yeah. That can that, that can trigger these awakening right. um, uh, intervention type of right. moments where, where a person shifts from one day to another. But what we are now um, observing is this uh, gradual change in mm -hmm. people. What used to be only really come uh, through a crisis to mm -hmm. people is now starting to come to anybody, you know, to like... Yeah, because we're in a constant state of crisis. No, yes, no matter what yeah. kind of spiritual <laughs> background a person has. Right. They, and, and, and the biggest issue here for, for, for these people who are awakening sort of out of the blue is that they have no... Um, uh, ability to con con contextualize what is happening to them so they're starting to feel like not belonging anymore they're starting to feel they're starting to question themselves they have all these physical sensations they have all these these new um, 
uh, feelings about what they're doing and they suddenly walk out of their marriage or they suddenly walk out of their business or, you know, uh, 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 give uh, up all their belongings and and go to India or whatever. Um, uh, These things are now happening on a larger scale. This only used, you know, 20, 30 years ago, this only used to happen to people who were kind of dedicated Mm -hmm. to a certain spiritual practice. Now it's it's actually happening to 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 normal people out. Tell me, normal people are just waking up and saying, "Oh, you know, everything's different. I'm going to go to India, go to a place where there's no air conditioning." That's that's a very that's an example. That's yeah. an example, but it happens. It I does mean, happen. You have people that are now well, and what happens? I think part of it is is it's the speed at which everything's hitting everybody now. So what it's creating is this faster paced. Um, you have to go through things faster. Even, and you, you have so many more repetitions occurring because of the technology and all that kind of stuff that people are getting tired. So what happens is people who have this calling, because everybody has it in them, everybody has a connection to divinity or, or their hearts, um, but what's happening is they're getting so tired and so fed up with the speed and the pacing that you're, more people are getting kicked out. There's still going to be a lot of people that are stuck in there, and that's fine. They're, they're, they're supposed to be there. That's their, that's their karma right now. But other people are like, okay, I've had it. I've done this 5,000 times, and it's not getting any better. Yes, <laughs> I mean, what, what, what Jeff just said, the, the getting kicked out is an important yes. factor here because what happens is it's not like they're getting kicked out from the outside. They're getting kicked, kicked out, out from, from the in. inside. Yeah. Things that they have been doing over and over again, you know, this, this sort of wheel that we've been in that we may have been content with, yeah. you know, for 20, 30 years. All of a sudden we realize I'm missing? in the wrong place. I'm missing something. I'm yeah. in the wrong relationship. I'm in the wrong. Something's happening. Something isn't right. And that's uh, uh, something that uh, we would call a spiritual emergence, which very often leads to um, spiritual emergency. Pretty so okay. many professions, uh, healing arts professions, uh, observe this as well, that there's a lot of people now that are starting to to get into this place of like total questioning themselves, total questioning everything that they do, but they don't really have a roadmap yet, so they feel a little lost. Yep. And in that space, and this is why we do what we're doing here, in this space, when a person has a spiritual emergence, a spiritual emergency, a person can be very vulnerable because there is a a seeking that emerges in a person that makes them want to belong to something. Because, you know, whatever it is that you belonged up until now doesn't work for you anymore. And you're seeking something else to belong to. And this is unfortunately... Um, talking now about the spiritual level of the 80-20 rule, this is uh, where we see um, a really big need for education, for, um, you know, like um, pushing knowledge out and allowing people to understand that it's a normal process that they're going through and that they're not alone and that they don't have to seek a, a, a guru or a, a spiritually fanatic group or something to belong to, that they can work through this with themselves and with the help of other people who are going through the same thing. Okay. And when people do go through these changes mm-hmm. and they do have this truth revelation, 
What are some of the quickest things you'd recommend to someone to, to handle it? I mean, be, before you you sell a house in the car and you go out to India, how do you process all those things? Cause I want to just uh, let you both know that I have gone through this process, and I think I'll, I'll probably continue to go through it, but not on a scale of the magnitude that it first happened. When I first broke away from organized religion, and it, it, that was that truth, it was a very bitter, hard truth, and there was a lot of um, chaos that went through, and yep. it, was a, it was a total upheaval. So when people go through and they have this thing happen, I, I mean, I understand, I, I, at least to a degree, but at that point, you know, I kind of, I had to figure out my own. And yeah. when it does happen, do you recommend going to support groups? Do you yeah. recommend even going to an AA meeting, even though the fact that you may not be an alcoholic, just to go there for support? What do you recommend doing in order to maximize your growth and minimize the uh, damage that you could cause to yourself and other people. Well, the thing that you want to mention, the seeking happens, and, and the trick there is to understand that you, you really want to, from our perspective, the goal is that you really want to begin to feel out the things that feel linked to expansion and to heart connection. Yes, it's all uh, about connection. Yes, yeah, connection. Your, your so. energy is prompting you to connect. Yes. And you're going to find through trying that some things work, some things don't. You know, like you may try the AA thing, and that may work for a while, then it doesn't, whatever. And then you may try A Course in Miracles or read certain books. It's really about seeking uh, and searching and being open about it. You know, like uh, I've gone through a couple of those things myself where, um, you know, it's it's where you realize all of a sudden about 80% of your friends aren't really friends. But the 20 that stick around when you start talking about the stuff that really matters to you, you develop these really cool relationships and you can talk to them about those things. So then you create even within that a support group of your own outside of even, you know, all those groups out the self-help groups and so forth, which are also great. And then you learn to find new ways. You learn, you begin, you, the, the trick is you begin to feel out what works for you and what really keeps you aligned to creativity, to love, to expansion, to really allowing your energy to open up. Because that's usually what's needed. We, we recommend self-help groups, yes. and we provide those self-help yes. groups as well. We facilitate this because uh, in the beginning, when we feel a little lost, yeah. um, it, 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 the fastest way, really, the fastest way to connect is to connect through human-to-human -human contact. And if we can find groups that have um, a sort of a like-minded goal, that have the same intention, um, as, as we begin to feel in us, uh, then we, we become able to connect. And as we connect with others and don't feel alone anymore, it makes it easier for us to connect mm -hmm. with ourselves. And it, it, there's a growing confidence in us that, that develops, which then leads us uh, onto our very personal own yes. path. That allows us, you know, that this truth detector that we talked about, we don't really need to have fixed GPS coordinates. <laughs> All we really need is, to, is a functioning truth navigator in us. And that's uh, where, where, where we contextualize um, heart consciousness right. into this. So what we do um, to help people on this path is uh, we talk uh, uh, with them uh, teach them how to change their communication. What Jeff mentioned here earlier is important. You want to weed out the people in your life that, that you can't really connect with, but in order to do this, you, you yeah. have to kind of change the way you present yourself. And a lot of people do something uh, when they awaken, which is uh, uh, quite 
um, uh, sort of repelling for others, and that is they go into this extreme. Mm -hmm. they, they, go, they become extremely euphoric or extremely sort of convincing. They want to convince <laughs> others, you know, that this is the truth, yeah. you know, and that repels others, that, that, that sort of, you know, makes Which, others yeah. feel small, you know, or, or, or just is, is too intense. So we got to learn how to, to, to balance these things out a bit and to become uh, confident with who we are and that it is more like who we are than what we do or what we say. And so the fastest way to get there, if we are able to connect with others, is to learn how to connect with that truth detector within, is to learn that these, these, the seeking that we that we feel inside, that makes us look outside of ourselves, that that is actually the problem. That is actually part of the old mm -hmm. style. We're looking for things from the outside. So we help people to internalize this consciousness that they have without needing anything from the outside. But again here, self-help groups, NAA and associated 12-step programs or Course of Miracles, those are um, groups that are aligned to, to, to pretty cool um, goals and where you can find good connections. Then the intention of truth is the key. If you really work on that and you learn techniques to help you do that, like meditation in the groups and so forth, then all of a sudden things begin to shift and you can feel it. And then also it also begins to happen um, as you begin to feel out what is, like you know, said, the truth detector takes over and all of a sudden you realize these three things, they were fun for three months, but they're not, they're not working anymore. These two things seem the way to go. Then you learn how to shift and go with the flow. Uh, it's no different than, you know, sometimes in our life, a certain author will be amazing to us for four to five years and every book they write is just dead on, spot on for us. And then five years later, you go back to their books, and it's like, these are so rudimentary. What the heck am I? What, I can't even pick them up. And there's nothing wrong with them. It's just you're at a different place. That's what happens on the spiritual journey. As you evolve and change, what works for you and where you go with it will also change. Do you look at it as a positive that the fact is that if you are constantly kind of burning through energy and you decide that, you know, something doesn't work for you anymore, that you look at it as a, as a positive sign, a positive sign of your evolution? Or in one way, do you think it could be part of a symptom of our society that needs to be stimulated 24-7. That the reason why you're not uh, embracing something or not taking it on anymore is because you're bored of it. Because it had, it, you know, it's five seconds of value, of entertainment value to you. What's the comparative difference between having uh, a discarding for something because of simulation aspect or discarding something because you no longer feel a connection to it on a deeper physical, metaphysical level? Well, that's a, yeah, it, yeah. that's a really, really Great good question. good yeah. question, Ryan, because that's that leads us to this discernment um, between ego and heart, between an ego um, uh, wantingness and something that is really based on your true needs and mm -hmm. your true feelings. Exactly. Um, something that is based on distract. There's there's three classes of things that the human ego promotes. One is numbing. You know, like checking out. The other one is stimulation, thrill. And the third one is distraction. <laughs> you know, like just sort of going into this busy mode and, and, and not having to think about things. Those are uh, three very common coping mechanisms of our ego. The way this plays out is uh, the, 
pretty much what, you know, people are being taught through most of the spiritual teachings out there. You know, it plays out in form of greed, in form of lust, in, in form of, um, uh, you name it, you're better at this than I am. Yes, so to speak. What are they all deadly, by the way? Why? I mean, seriously, what's wrong with having a bunch of Doritos? Why is that considered a sin? Well, why does Look. God get so upset? Why can I have five bags of Doritos if I'm not hurting anyone else? What if my body wanted that at the time? I didn't need it. So that's why we recommend 80-20, right? And that's why we recommend 80-20, because there, there may not be anything wrong with wanting, a, wanting Doritos, but if you have Doritos all day long, then it becomes damaging to your energy. And when something becomes damaging to you, you know, to your body, to your emotions, well, okay. to your relationships, to your ability to function, uh, then it is something that does, is not congruent with your your highest potential it will not lead you to your goal. Well, and there's also any of the any of the if you want to go the classic seven deadly sins, they're all they're all addiction cycles. You get stuck in it. You get stuck in the payoff. You get stuck in the whatever it is. Lust, it would be the payoff. Of course, that's that's an obvious one. Gluttony, it's the it's the satiation you feel after you eat the fifty bags of Doritos. You know, <laughs> so that's that's the, or, that, not. or not exactly. <laughs> so so it's those those are the things. Those that's why they call them the deadly. Now, of course, Dante didn't realize that and he wrote it, but there's a truth to that. So there's those yeah. Are from all a things. metaphysical point of view, uh, uh, those those deadly sins are not sins. Those uh, are ego coping mechanisms. They uh, uh, help us to uh, get past an emptiness or the lack of fulfillment. And so we're seeking saturation. So the biggest or the easiest way to discern between, like, say, a true heart's desire and an ego wantingness is the inability to satiate. If you eat Doritos and you want to eat more and you can't stop eating it and tomorrow you want more Doritos and everything in your life derives around how to get Doritos, then you are in an ego cycle and an ego uh, 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 and, and you, you, you called it with gratification and instant gratification. Anything that is based on instant gratification uh, is typically ego. <laughs> is typically ego because it, it, it's something that your system signals to you that it wants just to get through. Yep. Just to get through, and getting through is not more. really the 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 virtue anymore um, when you are on a spiritual pathway. On a spiritual pathway, and and I say spiritual only to. To, to separate it from uh, 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 ego. some yeah, ego. mental things. Uh, when you're on a spiritual pathway, it's about fulfillment. It's not about gratification. So what you mentioned, and, and, and very validly so, is to, to find the balance between gratification and fulfillment, between our ego's wantingness and our heart's, our true heart's desire. Okay. And, Mr. Jeff Casper, Ms. Yonren, before we conclude this evening's program, is there anything else you'd like to add to it? Is there any parting words people should keep in mind when they want to focus on this lesson going forward? Um, we would recommend uh, for everyone to learn um, how to uh, calm their minds. Yes. We find uh, in our practice here as energy healers and energy coaches that 
for most people uh, that are probably listening to this show here who are most likely you know intellectual and have uh, some kind of of understanding of of some of the things that we talk about that the mind can be a a massive trap Mm -hmm. and so uh, uh, the majority of the work here that we do is helping people to silence mm-hmm. some of that so that they can uh, reduce the noise, you know, this, this, this ego noise, this constant wantingness, this constant neediness, and get into a place where they can actually hear their heart, where they can actually um, hear this true inner mm-hmm. voice that can guide them on their path so that they don't need this outer seeking anymore the seeking the, the externalizing of our of our inner power is one of the the biggest uh, issues to overcome on this journey and um, meditating or contemplating um, uh, whatever you want to call this any type of discipline that helps to calm to your settle. system mm-hmm. to calm this noise in your head will help you to get there yes Okay. All right, well, you've been listening to The Heart Warriors with Miss Jonah Brindis, Mr. Jeff Casper, and me, Ryan McCormick. You can learn more about Mr. Jeff Casper and Miss Jonah Brindis by going to the website at transcodes.com. You learn more about me by going to my website at outerlimitsradio.com. Stick around. Next week, we'll be back with another exciting episode. Looking to get you pumped up, get you going, uh, bring in some of that celestial energies, and uh, keep the evolution going. So, uh, Jonah. Jeff, great honor to be with you today. Blessings and peace awesome. onto you. Yes, and, you too. Uh, stick Thank you, everyone. All right. The Heart Warriors. Go for it. <laughs> 80-20. 80-20. <laughs>